Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the final shape, Josh Finney. Ooh. Ooh. I, I ooh, like that. ooh. It's a little classy tonight. Yeah. Keeping it classy. I like it. I, I like it. Keep it classy. Tower Casuals, keeping it classy. Yep. That's our motto. Keeping it keeping it classy. Keeping it classy with my uh, with my Fast and the Furious sipper cup over here that oh shifts. Oh, gosh. Dude. Oh, this has been this this was like the best ten dollars I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> oh, the man. the amount of alcohol I'm drinking from this thing this summer is uh, alarming. Oh boy, that's uh, you have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona. <laughs> it go, it's both fast and furious. Oh jeez, I'm not sure oh. Corona is either of those things. I mean, you'll be feeling one of the two after having a view. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's fair. Corey, I mentioned last week I had show and tell. You do have show and tell. I have show and tell. I got my, my beloved Darth Malak. Came in the mail. Amazing. Very excited. I, I'm actually going to open this one since there's no... Uh, it was during their weird year where they were like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do plastic windows for anything. And everybody got so mad about it. But they walked it back six months later, but were like, uh, everything we already announced as not having them is not going to have them. Yeah. So uh, Malik, Malik will be freed from his uh, wasteful prison. His, yep, his package. His uh, his package. Uh, I'll be uh, be digging through that. And yeah, I got a couple got a couple seals in, so uh, feeling good. Running out of room for everything, but uh, yeah, that's fair. Oh man, I, I was gonna go put some stuff in the storage unit, and uh, just, just gonna have a storage unit with my mom. And well, you know, mom passed earlier this year, and I just haven't brought myself to go down there and clean out her storage unit. And holy shit! Like when the family said they cleaned out her apartment, what they meant is they threw all her stuff into that storage unit. It's like a five by five. Oh jeez. Oh man, dude, I have like I had six tubs in there, and I was like, I just want to get to my tubs and leave. That's all I want out of here. It's so hot outside. Like, and it's one of those, it's like, oh, it's an AC, it's an AC uh, controlled building. But, oh my God, it was so humid inside that building. It's just I like, bet. I want to die. It's like 730 in the morning and I just want to, I just want to die. <laughs> I took a shower before I came here. I feel like I need another one already. That's fine. Oh, it was so, it was so gross. So now I have like seven tubs of shit just stacked up in my garage. I, I dragged two of them up this morning. Yikes. I just made the decision that I'm going to get up while it's still dark outside to go down to my garage and drag up a crate or two every morning. Sounds like a uh, sounds exciting. Well, so I had two, two of the tubs I had. Most of the stuff out there was Chelsea's, but I had three. I had three tubs of stuff out there. One is a stuff tub of stuff from when I was like real little. The other two tubs are all of my Star Wars ships and action figures from when I was a kid. Yeah. So I have one tub that is like purely action figures and one that is like just ships. That's after I got rid of a full tub of this stuff a couple years ago. Oh, nice. Oh, man. I There's some Transformers mixed in in there, too. Oh, boy. I found uh, at the top my Marvel Legends Gambit and uh, Wolverine figures are in there. Ooh. Some X-Men Evolution toys are in there, too, I think. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta sit down and go through all those. That they're all loose because I was a kid, right? Like, what kind of fucking eight year old keeps their keeps their toys in a package, right? Yeah, not this guy. 
Like people are like, oh, I bet that that stuff in your storage unit's worth a, a ton of money. No, it ain't worth shit, guys. I grew up during the prequels. Okay, the the <laughs> the action figures I have from the original trilogy are all if they're from the '90s. Everyone is like abnormally buff. Yeah. Han Solo is like. His pecs are, like, bigger than everything else on him. <laughs> his pecs and his ass are just massive. Mm. And it's, it's the weirdest thing to see. And it's like, the stormtroopers look kind of buff, too. It's like, oh, my God. Like, everyone, like everyone's chest is huge and then, like, slim torso. It's like the Captain America pictures you see from, like, 1992. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it's like, oh, God. And then you can see, like, when they became more normal size, it's like, oh, that's when the prequels came out. <laughs> those are the those are the normal action figures that I have of the yeah. of the main cast. Those are the prequels. Those are the, the ones that actually fit in the seats of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I've got a lot uh, of that stuff. I had been talking to our friend Andre a couple months ago about, I was like, ah, I need to go down there and get stuff out of there. Like, I know I, my Optimus Prime is in one of these boxes somewhere, and, like, I want to find some of my old Transformers and Oh boy, I've got uh, three boxes of uh, nostalgia that I was like, oh, I can't leave this in my garage. It's going to melt nice. sitting in my living room right now. Nice. Much to uh, Chelsea's chagrin. Well, you know. They uh, they may be occupying the, the mess behind me in the next week or two. <laughs> oh, man. Josh, I don't have show and tell. But I did watch a bunch of stuff this weekend. Oh, what'd you watch? So I finally saw the Mario movie. It, it's fine. It was about what I expected from someone who made the Minions. Um, yeah. With a little bit of Nintendo touch on it, right? I mean... The Easter eggs were the funnest part. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... Like, I, I mean, Ch- Chelsea loved it. I probably would be okay with never watching it again, personally. Yeah, my kids loved it, but I mean, they're yeah. two and five, right? I mean, so they're going to. I mean, they're, especially your five year old is like the absolute perfect age. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I also thought Jack Black was a great Bowser. Yeah. I liked Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, but. I like Charlie Day as Luigi. Yeah. I mean, the cast is great. I just. Uh, the movie wasn't. It's great. fine. It's fine. <laughs> You know, it's fine, but it, it I found it really laughable that everybody was so desperate to be like, oh, my God, th- this is just as this is Nintendo's like answer to the last of us. And I'm like, no, um, one of these is an award winning television series that is being hailed as like one of HBO's best first seasons ever. The other one is a perfectly fine and beautiful looking animated movie from the creators of Minions and uh, that fucking Easter Bunny movie a few years ago. Easter Bunny movie. Oh yeah, there was some Easter like back when they were still trying to make Russell Brand a thing. Oh god. Oh yeah, it was a long time ago. But yeah, this the studio that's brought you like six Minions movies uh made a Mario movie that's mainly for children. Who could have ever known? Yeah. Um, what else did you watch this weekend, Corey? You know what was good though, Josh? Twisted Metal. I haven't watched it. It was good. I was. I probably will watch. We we have Peacock now. We we got that insane deal for like twenty dollars on premium with no ads for a year. Ooh, that was a, that is a good deal. They did on streaming day last uh, last month, so we uh, we got that. Uh, I'll probably sit down and watch it at some point in the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks um, yeah. as a mindless watch. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. Um, Again, it's not the best show in the world, but I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. I was uh, by episode. I would say the first episode is probably the worst episode. Um, if I'm that gonna makes be sense. Honest. That uh, makes sense. But 
about I would say the third episode is like where I really started getting invested. And, I love uh, that Samoa Joe is Sweet Tooth. Dude, Sweet Tooth is <laughs> fucking awesome. That's great. It's great. I I, I want to watch Twisted Metal. We uh, we've been watching Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Mm. I'm a big Neil Gaiman fan, mm. and uh, I never watched the first season when it came out. Mm. So we've been watching that. The second season just came out. We're gonna go from the first straight into the second season. There are only six episodes each in the seasons. So yeah, um, we'll watch that. We started just the limited uh, Return of Justified. Is that good? I mean, I've I love I've, Justified. So okay, like I've been that's a show I've been wanting to watch for a while. Like, is it worth going back to and watching like, yes. the whole thing? Okay. Yes. So what's what's it on? Hulu? Uh, it's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it's an it's an FX series. Okay. Uh, now Justified is really good. This is a standalone sequel to Justified. Hmm. Um, the only character from the series that's in it is Timothy Oliphant's character, oh, Raylan. That's he's the coolest though. Well, I mean, it's it's his series. So, yeah. um, but this is much more faithful to the novels that uh, Justified is based off of. Oh, so uh, that it's pretty cool. It takes place in Detroit instead of uh, rural uh, Tennessee. Um, and then uh, this is this is going to date me really badly here, but I, I was getting into a conversation with Chelsea this week, and I, I made a reference to uh, a needle drop in a TV show. And I had to explain to her when needle drop is right. Mm. And mm. I was like the all time best needle drop for me. What is always uh, the first episode of the OC mm. when Phantom Planets California song comes in and you get the shots of the sweet, the sweeping shots of the coastline and everything like trying to make you think that like the outskirts of Los Angeles out in like Chino and San Bernardino are not part of California, but the rich part of California is. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to explain that to her, and she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I showed her the pilot of it, and that set us off on a rabbit hole of 2003 television. Ooh. Uh, watching that show. And Ooh. I had only ever watched like the first couple episodes as a kid. I knew that when, when I was uh, a teenager, I knew that that was how like Modest Mouse and The Killers, um, Death Cab, like that's how those bands became popular when I was like 14. Mm hmm was through exposure on that show because those bands actually play live on the show yeah which was really cool and so i was trying to explain to her like we're watching this i was like oh my god like this is where those came from like these d like the songs they're playing here are like from the albums that made it big and it's because of that show hmm. and uh, i was like the, the show is total shit it's dog shit hmm. but the music is so good that i'm like i'm almost tempted to keep watching this because it's like i'm just watching my playlist come to life i have yeah. so many of these songs on my playlist yeah uh, it's it's always funny to go down memory lane like that. Uh, it's also very weird watching a show that came on twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, for like the first time, when most of it has not aged well at all. Right. In terms of like the fashion, the blackberries. Oh, it's yeah. It, it's so weird, but it's like we we got started down that rabbit hole because I was trying to explain to her what a needle drop was, and one of my favorite TV critics, Alan Seppenwall, is writing. Uh, a book all all about it with like he's got like a hundred different interviews he's pulling from it uh he's done some of the best tv writing i think of the decade mm. um particularly when it comes to the sopranos mm. um so he he's fantastic i was like oh he's he's doing another book like okay well i've never watched i've never really watched this uh, i just i know the theme songs it's so iconic i guess i'll uh, i guess i'll sit down and watch it i'm like and now I'm interested to see what uh, somebody who's 12 years older than me has to say about this show, because that's someone who watched it when they were like 
2020 as it was airing i gotta know i gotta know what they're saying about this mm. so i uh the last thing i watched josh Hit me. Gar- guardians of the galaxy 3 finally what'd you think of it it was fine that that's about my reaction it's like it, it was fine yeah i mean i it's fine uh i prefer the first two are significantly better for me yeah, I, I definitely think the first one is the best one. In terms of, like, rewatchability, I guess I should say, like, I do think yeah. that Rocket Raccoon's story is incredible in this movie, but it yeah. doesn't feel like a Guardians movie. It feels like a, it's a Rocket movie. And that's fine, because, like, the first yeah. two are really, like, Peter Quill movies. Yeah, it definitely felt like a movie where we're saying goodbye to most people. Um, yeah, it feels like it feels like a given when you get to the end that you're going to see Star-Lord and Rocket again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in fact, if you watch all the way through to the end of the credits, spoiler, if you watch all the way through to the end of the credits, uh, normally we'd be like, oh, the Guardians will return. It says the legendary Star-Lord will return. Mm-hmm. If you've read Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars from 2015, Star-Lord plays a pretty major role uh, in that story. So yeah. uh, he's he, he's going to be back. They're not going to let Chris Pratt walk that easily, although I think they're like kind of eager to like move on from like the Chris's mm-hmm. of the MCU. Yeah. So, no, you just got to get Chris Pine in there as someone, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no. Um, Chris Pine. Chris Pine's doing great things in Dungeons and Dragons right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's so that's what I watched this weekend. I was. Uh, OK. Uh, we also my wife and I also started that uh, Seth Rogen show on Apple TV called Platonic. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in starting that because I like uh I like Seth Rogen and uh the the other the the actress who's in it. Rose I'm Byrne. forgetting her name. Rose Byrne. I like Rose Byrne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We finished Hijack this weekend. Oh, the Idris Elba? Yeah, it's, oh. it's Idris Elba as Jack Bauer on a plane. Oh. Okay. Um that that's the pitch that I was given about it. It's more like Idris Elba is Luther on a plane. Yeah. Um it's good. It's it's only seven episodes. Takes place over seven hours, the length of a flight from Dubai to uh, London. It all take and everything takes place over the course of that flight, from the second the plane is taxiing until it lands. Is the whole series. Mm. It's it's fine. It's perfectly fine for a big dumb summer show. Yeah, but there's so, and it's it's enjoyable if you could ignore gaping plot holes. Like plot holes the size of Massachusetts start popping up. The more that you pay attention, it's like, all right, I'm just gonna turn my brain off and I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Idris Elba like ridiculously talk people out of things. Okay, mm. like the explanation you're given is that he's a corporate negotiator, mm. but that that man is handling that gun like he's a seasoned veteran of the CIA. Yeah, well, you know, Josh, when you are the villain of a Fast and the Furious spinoff movie. You can handle yourself on an airplane. That's true. That's true. He he did dub himself Black Superman. He did. But Corey, we have a lot of destiny to talk about. Tonight. I know we have, we have good destiny things to talk about tonight. Good destiny things. Good, good, good destiny things. Where are we starting, Josh? We're going to start off on a bit of a somber note tonight. Um, we we've talked at length on this show, and the community's talked at length about it. What is going to be the fate of Commander Zavala? And uh, this morning, Bungie put out a blog post titled, Thank You, Commander, The Future of Zavala's Journey. And I don't think I've ever clicked on something so fast in my life from uh, a tweet. <laughs> um, man, 
so we 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 personally have shared our belief of you know what we think should happen with Commander Zavala. Um, I personally feel that they, he should have been written out of the series. I understand that can be kind of awkward though if you don't have the right lines to piece together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we shared a uh, sentiment from one of the uh, senior creative directors at Bungie, senior narrative directors, excuse me, um, saying that the lines that we hear at the end of season of the deep with him talking to uh, him talking to Sloan and him talking to all of us about, you know, how we're going to have to resurrect Sabathun were the last lines that he ever recorded with Lance, mm-hmm. uh, which led us to think, okay, they probably have some lines recorded for the final shape. It's entirely possible. The final shape was mostly recorded. Who knows? Yeah. We get the news this morning. And it says here, I want to read directly from Bungie. Commander Zavala has been central to the story we've been telling since the original Destiny, and we have plans to continue his journey. Okay. (laughs) Keith David, a prolific actor on the stage and in television, film, and games, will assume the English language voice of Zavala in The Final Shape and beyond. Separately, Lance's existing lines in-game will remain untouched for the upcoming release. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When, I mean, when we first heard Lance Reddick passed away and after the shock, like when you start thinking about Zavala and like if they need someone to like finish recording some lines or apparently like he's not the one that's going to die at the end of the final shape. So, I mean, he's apparently sticking around. So uh, the, the first name that came to mind was actually Keith David because they sound so much alike. Yeah. Um. So much so that, like, when I when I first started playing Destiny and heard Zavala talk, I thought it was Keith David for, like, I don't know. I don't know how long I thought it was him. But, you know, it's uh, it's going to be... It, they, like, they sound so similar, yet there is that distinction between both yeah. of them that it's going to sound a little bit awkward until we, like, get in the flow of things and really, you know, he really starts taking over. But um, it's, they, it's, it's very similar to how... Um... Uh, what's it? What's his name? Nolan North took over for. Um, uh, oh my God, uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, uh, as Cade, you they sound similar, but you can definitely t- there's a distinct difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I mean, but I mean, I guess if they have to, if I mean, I get it. It's a bit. It's a business decision. It's a you yeah. know they can't change course. You know. Eight months before an expansion releases, right? And before, uh, before, before literally the end of the story they've been telling for 10 years. Yeah. Um, so I get it. It would have been nice to retire Zavala with yeah. Lance Reddick intact and like, you know, let it go that way. But if they do have to recast, Keith, Keith David is the right move, right? And I mean, uh, it doesn't say here in the blog post, but I, I'm i 99.9% certain they got the blessing of uh lance reddick's family and loved ones oh i'm sure they um did. to recast um you know we we've talked at length on here about how you know the statement from his wife how moving that was um mm-hmm. that she mentions the destiny community for several lines yeah um this also leads me to believe that his generic like generic lines in the tower mm-hmm. and in you know obviously in cutscenes and things like that, that they've already recorded are not going to be changed right um, but that's very; those are all very much going to stay intact to honor the legacy of the character and of Lance's performance. Um, 
there is nobody better you could have chosen. I want to be really clear on that. Like, I may be personally down on recasting Zavala, but if you're going to do it, there's nobody better than Keith David to do it. And it's someone who has a very, very, very long history with Bungie. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Keith David is the voice of the Arbiter in yep. Halo 2, and Halo 3, and beyond. So yep. he's been working with them for a very long time. He, you know, again, they say, you know, very prolific career in film, television, and games. He, he, Keith David is a like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. He's a that guy. Uh, yeah. A lot of you probably know him as uh, Commander Anderson from Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice that it's going to be a warm, familiar, comforting voice for players. Mm-hmm. I do think that they will eventually phase them all out, though. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm guessing. It is my belief that they're going to retire him eventually, but... As we have a question tonight, yeah, a lot do. of our questions are surrounding this. Knox, of course, asked us to give us our thoughts, but uh, he says, uh, do you think the character of Commander Zavala is too important to not have going forward, or is Zavala just that important to the story of the final shape and it's too late to try and write him out? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the answer yes. to both of those are yes. Um, especially because, like, they... Keith David, I mean, you're not going to hire someone like Keith David if you're gonna, not going to keep Zavala around, right? I mean, at um, least for a, at least for like a cup, like an, an another expansion or two. So yeah, I and that, I had this discussion with our friend Ray um, this morning when the news broke. Me and him were talking, and I says, I really, I really genuinely wonder if they're just bringing him in to finish the story out. They mm-hmm. specifically say here it's the final shape and beyond, but I mean, beyond could just mean the seasons, right? Yeah you very well could get to the next expansion and he like sends you off on your quest and that's it. Like that's the last that we hear of Zavala. Maybe you occasionally get like an audio transmission or something. Yeah. Did you, did you see Keith David's video though? Did you watch? I did not. I I saw, I saw it. I did not watch it. He kind of implies that he's going to be around for a while. I mean, I'm sure that he is. Um, My, I guess my only concern with Keith David is Keith David is 67 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. 67 68 somewhere in there a little concerned that we replaced zavala with somebody older um yeah but i mean even if even if destiny even if zavala's around for 10 more years that still only puts keith david in his like 70s i mean and that that it all depends on you know, how long do you want to do it this and that yeah. um and I, I, again i don't think you go and get him if you're not planning on keeping him around it was just a thought that i had in the back of my yeah. mind i do think that zavala probably becomes less important to the franchise going forward especially if we leave the soul system right yes. i mean that's you know I, we, we speculated before with the return of Cade six could could Cade be the new liaison now because you're not going to pay nathan fillion all that money just to come back for one expansion right you know or mm-hmm. maybe you do and i'm just dumb no, I don't. Uh, but a guy don't who's very publicly said he wants to come back. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think you pay Nathan Fillion like because he enjoy. I mean, he enjoys that stuff, right? I mean, like he came back for Halo. Granted, it was you know one game and yeah. not no expansions, but like he, I I get the impression that he really likes this stuff too, right? So, uh, he does. He he said you know he he likes the games, but he loves he loves the fans. Yeah, and so he wants to keep coming back. You know, of course he you know he plays Buck in uh, the Halo franchise, a fan fan favorite character. Out of ODST, um, and I mean to the point where I think they've even brought him back for the audiobooks that feature Buck. Yeah, um, we we have a we have another question that plays off of this though. Um, Cade's Ace in the Hole asks us, "Who do you think we lose in the final shape now that we know Zavala theoretically will continue on with the story? Uh, I know there's st- there is still a chance he may be killed off, and the voice only being used in cutscenes and such. Zavala's safe, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Zavala's safe now." 
Yeah, I think Zavala's safe. I actually think Saladin's safe. I think it's Ikora. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, you don't hire a prolific actor to kill off Zavala, right? You don't hire Nathan yeah. Fillion back to you know for Cade just to be a ghost of some sort, right? Um, so my yeah, I mean, Ikora is really the only character that doesn't have a significant voice actress anymore, right? I mean, she look, she's a great Ikora. The the person yeah. they replaced Gina Torres with. I forget her name. I'm sorry if I'm I, I do too. Um but and she's a great Ikora, but like I don't know. Ikora seems to be the one that my finger is pointing at now of, you know, going out. I I think I think Ikora and Saladin are two pretty easy choices personally. You think Saladin um, though? I think real? I think I think Saladin's story is very mm-hmm. close to its end. Um the just the dramatic transformation that we've seen not just uh on screen, but in the lore also that we've been seeing over the last couple of years, you know, you remember Saladin's story has been playing out since chosen, uh, really. And I think similar to Zavala, I think their stories were kind of coming to a head together and it feels like Saladin is going to be the one to go. Um, you, I don't, if you kill Shaxx off, I mean, that does nothing. Yeah, that does, sure. I, Shaxx, Shaxx is like more of a meme than anything at this point, because we've never had a chance to grow with the character. Yeah. Um, if anything, uh, and I think that's the only reason why I was like, man, cause Keith David would be a really good Shax. Yeah. He would be an awesome Shax. Like I'll, I'll love the Lenny James, but we need a guy who's actually going to be here once every 10 years Yeah, to do some story stuff. Yeah. Well, the walking uh, dead's over. He might be able to come back now. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Maybe we can get him into a recording booth for at least like a season or something of activity. I guess they don't. I, maybe they don't want to do that because they like have openly admitted they're not really working on Crucible anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like they're teeing it up for. I, I think Ikora, if I was taking betting odds, Ikora has the highest odds. Yeah. I would say Saladin and Drifter are both up there too, especially after the news about Gambit. I think Drifter's pretty high on that list. Um, yeah, but if we're going to well, explore beyond Soul, I yeah. think you have to have Drifter. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I, I think, I, and I, I know that Johnny is screaming right now. I can I can hear him through the sp- through the space pod continuum. Johnny <laughs> is screaming at me, but uh, I think Saladin is probably the most expendable character that you have because I think there's still plenty you can do with Ikora. It, whether they do it or not isn't their question entirely. But Saladin has kind of reached the end of what we can do with him. There are there. He has proteges waiting in the wings to take over as the new Iron Lords. You know, he's trained Crow up. Ephrodite is still out there. He serves on Keitel's War Council, and like him and Keitel, pretty much always say in not so many words, "War demands sacrifice." Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. He he. One of these days, he's going to forget to give the War Beasts their extra rations, and they're going to come for him. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's going to happen. I, but I, in all seriousness, I do think that Saladin has kind of reached the end of his storyline. Um, they gave us a great expansion in Rise of Iron focused around him. And, you know, he he, he was central in Chosen. He was central in Risen. He was in Haunted. He's been in, he's had voice lines in almost every every other season since. The yeah. one misstep I think they made with the character is that we didn't have a chance for him and Rasputin to come to an understanding. Yeah. Um, I think that was a really missed opportunity. And I, I do think that we need to like see... Fellwinter 2.0 in some regard before his story can be over. But if somebody were to die either in the lead up to the final shape or in the final shape, Saladin would not be surprising. Yeah. 
And I mean, think about it. Like, uh, I mean, it's as simple as, well, we bring Ephrodite back to run the Iron Banner or Crow takes over running it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, we have characters there who can do it and take it or, you know, maybe even Shaq steps in to do it in honor of in honor of uh, Saladin. You yeah, know? maybe. I mean, I, I mean, that would make sense, too. I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to have two characters run Crucible, really. Right. I mean. They've given the explanation in the lore, but yeah. yeah, it it but they've they've progressed so far on that front too to the point where Saladin admits this season that he was wrong. Yeah, that is huge growth for this character. Yeah, we've been waiting eight or nine years to see him admit that he was wrong about six fronts. Yeah, and about Twilight Gap and about all these other things that caused you know him and Zavala and Shax just not to talk. Yeah. And, you know, I need him there for one more scene in Zavala's office. Yeah. I, I really need them to, like, bring everybody in, though, because I need to know how on earth Savathun is getting in that room. I'm telling you, man, she's just going to creep outside the window. Dude, Zavala's just going to, like, open the window and her and Amaru are just going to be, like, chilling on the windowsill. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. I can't. With the, the Guardian is just standing in the back training a rifle on them. Yeah, man. That's... Oh my god! I can't! I can't! I can't! This is this is getting to the point of parody. Do we have any more thoughts on Zavala's journey on the recasting uh, or anything I'm, else? I mean, honestly, I thought just to get a final thought. The, the mm-hmm. I I really thought like this was going to be the end of Zavala, and I think we all did. Yeah, and like now, like it changes everything. I kind of thought going into the final shape was going to happen, so I'm kind of excited to see what happens to Zavala because I I like like Zavala is one of my favorite characters in the game in the, in the entire universe so I wish they would make a statue one of these numbskull statues you think that's coming you think a, um you think a Zavala one will be made at some point probably um I think that with this though I do think they're gonna honor Lance in game yeah um i think that a statue of lance being put in the hero's garden is not out of the question yeah um and i I would i would really love that you know just as like an out of universe like not like a meta thing of to a fallen hero yeah Um, not some stupid little you know plate like we had on the ground for Cade for all those years and not not a bust but like an actual statue so you know who it is like break 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 the narrative of the universe for like three seconds, similar to how horizon did. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my only other thing is, um, do they, do they take a cue from this and use Keith David going forward in the horizon franchise? Yeah. I mean that I, so that's funny. You said that because I swear I saw somebody say that gorilla liked one of the Keith David posts mm-hmm. and not that that means anything, but that was, somebody pointed that out i mean I'm, sh- I'm sure they did like and they're they're a sony studio so that doesn't surprise me yeah um but yeah keith, keith david our new tower commander um interesting it's it's gonna be weird going up to him and uh hearing dialogue that's not lance um yeah. but i i like the idea that they're gonna keep any existing audio of him is going to be kept. So I really do hope that means that like when you go to him, he's just like, you know, welcome back or, you know, hello guardian or whatever. Like, I really hope they just keep Lance doing that. Even if it's just a little thing and you probably wouldn't even be able to tell if they changed it. Yeah. But just like as a moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, it sounds like they are right. I mean, it, 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 like... it does. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I would assume that the Keith David voice lines probably start this next season. 
You think that quick? Uh, well, so it all depends on how central Zavala is to the narrative, right? And if we're speeding towards the final shape like we are, I assume he's going to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think, like, I mean, it could very well end up being a mixture, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had to get, but I, th- I think this news had to drop now because I, if I was a guessing man, I would say that Zavala is going to have voice lines the first day of the new season and they wanted to get this out of the way now before people are like, hey, that fucking... It's fucking Keith David. Right. It's fucking Keith David. Yeah. Um, they, I don't I don't think they want that. Like, that would have overpowered a lot of the showcase, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, thinking on it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm excited to see what happens with Zal now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, now I got and I got to think of uh, hypothetical storylines for him because I was so convinced he was he, that he was done. He was out of here. Yeah. You know what's not out of here, Corey? What's not out of here, Josh? Antaeus Wards. We we got <laughs> we got a lot of uh, buffs and nerfs coming, and not a goddamn word about Antaeus Wards. Oh, fail. We mentioned last week uh, during the state of the game there were going to be some uh, changes to exotic armor and abilities coming. We get a lot of those updates today in a Dev Insights post for season twenty-two. This is. Uh, <laughs> The primary goal for the balance pass was to bolster underused exotics. Um, and here are the changes coming. Uh, unless otherwise specified, the following changes leave the rest of the exotic benefits intact. Uh, so hunters are going to see a change to knucklehead radar. The functionality of the foe tracer exotic helmet has been completely removed from that exotic and added to knucklehead radar on top of its existing benefits. So that's, you know, the better... Uh, the better radar and things like that. Yeah. Um, Foe Tracer. We took some cues from the popular monochromatic maestro artifact perk for this one. When you deal damage with one of your abilities, you gain a damage bonus with weapons that have damage types matching your subclass damage type. Additionally, when you defeat an enemy, you've damaged with one of your abilities, either with another ability or with a weapon with a damage type matching your subclass, you will spawn one of the collectible objects associated with your subclass, such as ionic traces or fire spikes. I think this is a cool change for PvP. I don't really see why you would be using this in PvE, uh, but I think this is really cool to use in PvP. I just I can't imagine using this over Star Eater scales in PvE right now. Mm-hmm. But I do think that this brings both of those exotics, I think, Knucklehead and Foe Tracer now have use in high-end PvP with a result of these changes. Uh, very excited about that. Lucky Raspberry, one of the oh, very geez. first... One of the very first Hunter exotics. I, I had a curse in D1 where this is the only exotic armor that seemed to drop for me for like a straight year. Uh, it was too unreliable in its current form, so we've taken a crack at streamlining its energy gains while leaving some of its benefits intact. The exotic still expands the chaining capabilities of the arc bolt grenade, but now instead of basing grenade energy gains on those chains, each time you damage an enemy with the lightning strikes from the jolted condition, as well as each time you pick up an ionic trace, you gain additional grenade energy. We've also given this grenade the intrinsic ability to stun overload champions. Now you don't have to jolt them and then trigger to jolt lightning strikes just to stun them, making those grenades a more reliable tool against overload champions. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like this change. I don't know if it has a place in my build necessarily, but knowing that you can auto stun champions with that is a godsend, especially for overloads. Uh, they usually end up just giving us like SMGs for it, which takes a whole clip. And then Renewal Grasps. This is the big one for me. We've undone the previous nerf to Duskfield Grenade cooldowns when using this exotic. Thank God. Stasis is back on the menu, boys. Get ready. Yeah. Stasis Hunters are going to be all over Trials of Osiris now. Just wait. I'll be buying my aspects for my 
other characters and uh, whipping some ice around. Oh man, I'm I'm very excited for that. Uh, Titans. This applies to Icefall Mantle, Doomfang Pauldrons, Path of the Burning Steps, and the Eternal Warrior. See, uh, we've added an escalating damage bonus to Arc and Solar Weapons, respectfully, when you get kills with those damage types. We like this. Gave players another way to get Surge-like bonuses, but the Eternal Warriors seem to have the most reliable way to get up to the Tier 4 damage bonus. We made further changes to these perks to make them more reliable, also expanding the functionality of two other exotics. Icefall Mantle grants an escalating bonus to stasis weapon damage when getting rapid stasis kills. When you activate the class ability, you immediately gain the highest tier bonus. Doomfang Pauldrons, escalating bonus to void weapon damage when you get rapid void kills. Void melee kills instantly gain the highest tier bonus. So Doomfang Pauldrons with Shield Bash, about to be a gigantic menace in the Crucible. Path of the Burning Steps, getting a solar grenade kill now grants the highest tier solar weapon damage bonus. An Eternal Warrior, since the exotic only grants its highest tier damage bonus automatically when your super ends, which is a rare occurrence, the duration of the arc weapon damage bonus when you when your Fist of Havoc super ends has been extended to 30 seconds, up from 10 seconds. This, I feel they're going to have to bring down the 20 seconds. I think they're going to have to find a middle ground. 30 seconds feels a little too much, but they do make a point here. You don't really survive using your arc super if you're a titan. Right. Um, so I could see them bringing that down to about 20 seconds uh, in season 23, but we'll see. I, I don't think that this completely nerfs arc titan, but this does help a little bit. Um. The Feedback Fences. This exotic got a complete mechanical rework and now ties into the armor charge system, increasing its versatility and making it more useful in scenarios where you might not be taking a lot of melee damage. With the new perk, which completely replaces the old, when melee hits give you an armor charge, you take reduced melee damage while you have that charge. Taking melee damage charges you to causes you to emit a burst of damaging arc energy that jolts targets, consuming your armor charge and dealing more damage based on the number of stacks consumed. The damage dealt by the burst of arc energy should be comparable to its current damage for zero to three stacks of armor charge. This is really interesting if you can get like chained melee hits. Yeah. I, I like how this sounds. And I mean, you're a Titan. It's the, it's the beat em up class, right? Yeah. Feedback fence is going to be great options. Yeah. Um, and then Hallow Fire Heart. We've removed its base energy to solar abilities and replaced it with a perk that will let you build more into sunspots. We think you'll be seeing many more sunspots on the battlefield as a result. As for the perk that greatly increases your ability regen rate when your super is fully charged, we left that as is. Sunspots are the bane of every non-Titan's existence. Yeah. So uh, I expect that to be a, a pretty big menace as well. Um Sunspots, especially in more frantic modes like Iron Banner, where you're trying to cap a point. Yeah. Um, if your sunspots are doing that, then congratulations. <laughs> and then, of course, we've got Warlocks. Astrocyte Verse. We've added two more pieces of functionality to this exotic. Enemies near you when you blink become volatile. Additionally, when you're using the Nova Warp Super, the Dark Blink ability no longer consumes super energy. That's the wild one to me. Yeah. That's the wild one. Uh, I I haven't played with Nova Warp in a very long time, so I'm not sure how much that's going to affect it. But I imagine that's probably another kill. Like, just from the energy you're going to save, you could probably get off another hit. Yeah. In a typical match, if you're not being domed. Yeah. 
Uh, so so. interested to see how that one plays out. Geomags. Everyone loves Geomags. We've heard calls to restore the perk that lets you top off your super energy by sprinting. The legacy of that incentive still creates some pretty silly play patterns. But instead, we want to give players a way to get more super energy no matter how charged their super is. Now picking up an Ionic Trace while wearing this exotic will grant Guardians additional super energy. Awesome, awesome, awesome news for those of you who like running Arc Warlock. Uh, I think that's going to be really fun. Again, there's probably still better things to build into, but Geomag's great for fashion, great for fun. Uh, great Wings for fun. of Sacred Dawn. Uh, our buddy Joasis is really excited about this one. Leaning into the Orbital Weapons Platform Fantasy, the AC-130, we wanted to help players have a way to stay aloft longer especially in target-rich PvE environments. Typically, reloading was the main cause for a float to end. This exotic now automatically reloads solar weapons, including the weapon you are loading, from reserves each time you get a kill while aiming down sights. Try this one out with Xenophage. I am terrified for how this is going to go with Jotun in the Crucible. I'm absolutely petrified for how this is going to go. But yeah, this with Zeno does sound like it's going to be really fun in PvE. I, I I can't wait for the first clip I see of somebody just flying around shooting endless Jotuns or Xenophages set to Freebird. Oh God! I think that's that's going to be a, that's that's a future movie of the week winner right there. It's so easy, it's so easy because I'm going to cackle like a madman the first time I see it. Boy. And then Winter's Guile. Due to the nature of the Stasis Warlock's melee ability, this exotic was previously a disappointing choice for that subclass. We've added a new perk to this one specifically for when you were playing on your Stasis subclass. Now combatants encased by your penumbral blast melee will automatically shatter after a short delay. I am really curious to see how this plays with um, Aegir Scepter. Yeah. I think that could be a really fun combo for Stasis Warlocks. Yeah. So interesting how that one goes. And they note here at the end, we are already working on the next round of exotic armor tuning for future seasons. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, uh, PvP mains may actually lead a march on Bungie if they don't see a nerf to Antaeus Ward soon. He... Apparently it's uh, it's an absolute menace in Trials again. Um, <clears throat> as for the abilities preview... <clears throat> Titans, I'm really sorry. Striker Titan got hit particularly hard here. Shocker. I mean, when uh, 30% of the entire Trials player base is Striker Titans, they needed to do something. Yeah. It's and a further 15% was uh, another type of Titan. Something had to happen. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, starting off with Barricade. This ability is a potent tool for closing off lanes, bunkering under fire, creating safe spices, safe, safe spices, safe spaces to get a revive, and gathering information from relative safety. In PvP specifically, the prevalence of barricades can slow down the pace of play in a manner that doesn't have much in the way of meaningful counterplay. We've been experimenting for a while with opt-in ways to play around barricades, including anti-barrier rounds via the artifact or exotic weapons, origin traits, subclass buffs, tuning st- special damage weapons deals to barricade, and more. These are all meant to increase an attacker's ability to remove barricades from the equation. However, it's clear in the heat of the moment these kinds of out-of-combat decisions aren't really coming into play. So we're making some base-level changes across barricade abilities, primarily targeting the strength of Towering Barricade. Towering Barricade's base cooldown will be increased significantly, and all barricade objects will receive a reduction in their maximum health pool. Towering Barricade. Base cooldown has been increased from 48 seconds to 70 seconds. Yeah, that is a 20... 
two-second increase. And all barricades, maximum health has been reduced by 100 points from 600 to 500. Damage resistance versus PvE combatants increased to compensate. So that's actually a pretty fair trade-off, because I feel like barricade really wasn't worth it in higher-end PvE. This might make it a little bit more worthwhile. Yeah. Um, at this time, we're not extending the towering barricade cooldown change to the Bastion variant, which already has a base cooldown time of 100 seconds. However, the maximum health reduction does apply, bringing its effective HP against players from 500 to 417. Players deal an additional 20% to Bastion barricades, a change we introduced in patch 4.0.0.4. Uh, Striker Titan. <laughs> While we believe a small portion of this is due to a strong focus of art on Ark and the Seasonal Artifact, we also believe their base kit has a few elements that are too strong. We made recent changes to both these atoms, but neither their prevalence nor performance has meaning, been meaningfully shifted, so we're taking another swing at Thundercrash and Knockout. Theoretically, Thundercrash is a one-off super, but in practice, its kill potential is closer to that of a roaming super. So we're updating its base cooldown to reflect that. As damage dealt and received is its primary factor in super regeneration rates, particularly in PvE, we believe this change will be felt most strongly in low count player count PvP like Trials and Comp. Thundercrash, increased base cooldown time from 500 seconds to 556 seconds, matching the majority of our roaming super roster. I do believe that brings it in line with Golden Gun specifically. Hmm. And then uh, Knockout. <laughs> uh, reduced damage bonus versus players from 50 to 30. Uh, so interesting. Uh, and they, they say they're going to be flexible on this one. They're going to be flexible on this one. Um, and then last up, we've got some strand updates. There's actually a lot of strand updates here. Um, <clears throat> first up is suspend. We played a variety of suspend times during strand development and landed on a long duration to differentiate, differentiate suspend from freeze, offsetting the lack of a shatter equivalent with additional disable time. Having seen the way it's played out in the live game, we don't believe this is the right place for, for suspend to live. We want to shift both its uptime and potency for a few reasons. Suspend is a skeleton key that solves combat problems against all combat types. Its current duration heavily steps on the toes of Stasis Freeze, which we want to keep the highest potency disable in the sandbox, and the uptime of suspending atoms doesn't allow for meaningful player decision-making while choosing when and where to place a hard disable. So Suspend. Reduced base suspend duration versus non-champion PvE combatants from 8 seconds to 5 seconds. Threat of Continuity now extends the duration to 7 seconds, down from 12 seconds, and reduced base suspend duration versus champion combatants from 8 seconds to 3 seconds. Four, if you have Threat of Continuity. Increased snap damage dealt to suspended boss combatants by 67%. So we're getting a trade-off, but if you're using some more powerful enemies, you're getting more damage in the process. So it kind of equals out, I think. Yeah. Um, interesting to place. I don't build into suspend a lot, but I know some of our friends like Joe and Johnny do. Mm -hmm. uh, threat of mind reduced class energy gain based on the tier of defeated target. Minor combatants reduced 15 to 10%. Major and players reduced from 25 to 15. Bosses, champion, and mini bosses reduced from 50 to 25%. And that's probably a little too much. They're probably going to adjust uh, major and boss. Uh, ratios just a little bit. I could see them just making like a clean 5% for the first two and then for bosses making it a uh, 10 instead of 25. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Then threat of generation reduced the overall energy gain per damage event versus PVE combatants, combatants by 20%. Rebalanced energy gain multiplier against primary weapon archetypes. And then they've reduced overall the efficiency of fully automatic primary weapons and increased the efficiency of precision weapons to compensate. Cool. Pretty self-explanatory. 
the one I'm most exciting about are the changes to Threadlings and Tangle. Uh, Threadlings increase Threadling damage versus PVE combatants by 30% and reduce Tangle creation cooldown time from 15 seconds to 12 seconds. Great. I already have a ton of Threadlings running around everywhere because of Rufus's Fury. This makes it even better. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love this. I think that this is great. And then Sever, PVE combatants affected by Sever now have their outgoing damage reduced by 40% uh, versus 30%. Oh, we're almost at the end. Are we? I Man, I hope so. Because <laughs> my throat is dry. Take a uh, sip. Take a sippy sip. I don't have a drink. You have that fancy Fast and the Furious cup, and you don't. I don't have a, have a straw in it? it. I don't have a straw in it. Oh, Josh. I think Chelsea accidentally threw the straw away for it. Oh no! Now you can't yeah. use it. Now it's just a. <laughs> no, now I have to get another cheap little straw to put in it. Just all of ours are too big for it. No, the only drinks I have in here are uh, straight alcohol, and I. Uh, I'm not going to drink that on an empty stomach. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) The Threadrunner Silk Strike Super is a bit unforgiving in the live game, particularly PvP, so we've made some small changes to improve its usability. Damage resistance is reduced from 40% to 45%, reduced suspension time between super air attacks, and reduced vertical lift provided by the heavy air attack to reduce instances of missing the primary target. Um, And then uh, Threaded Spectre. Uh, needed some, some some TLC and PVE. Increased threaded specter lifetime from 10 to 12 seconds. Health versus PVE combatants is increased. Now takes longer to detect nearby PVE combatants at the beginning of its lifetime. PVE combatants now more consistently focus on threaded specter instead of the hunter. And allied players no longer have reticle magnetism towards threaded specter. That is, of course, the, uh, the hologram you can generate by dodging. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, Broodweaver's wandering aspect is strong when thrown, but somewhat hard to use in a more difficult situation. So now, destroying a tangle creates a delaying suspended detonation, increased detonation radius from 6 to 7 meters, and increased detonation damage to match standard tangle detonations. Uh, The strand grapple melee will always take priority when active now, whether or not a target is within its range. And then, oh boy. There, there's a lot of changes here to uh, the various uh, strand aspects here, including uh, propagation, continuity, wisdom, isolation, and rebirth. And you guys can go and uh, read through those on your own. Um, all of this is coming in Season 22 and more changes too. Tune in on launch day for a full list of changes and bug fixes, including a fix for Celestial Fire, Scorch not activating melee perks like Sunbracers. While Season 22 is getting locked in, we're working on a suite of Season 23 changes as well. We'll have more to share about that at a later date, but in the meantime, we're keeping an eye out for feedback on all these Season 22 changes. Now we are done with it. That, that is the entire Developer Insights blog. Um, there's, I think this is like kind of the clearest it's ever been laid out, but unless I feel like unless you know the specific functionality of these exotics, it can be kind of hard to understand what ones we're specifically talking about. Yeah. Um, I still don't know if this increases like the amount that Lucky Raspberry is going to get used, for example, um, <clears throat> versus uh, something like Shinobu's Vow, yeah, uh, which I still think is better for similar reasons. Um, Dugglehead Radar probably becomes pretty usable now as a uh, as a PVE uh, or PVP, excuse me, PVP exotic. Uh, same with Foe Tracer. I, I'm not a huge fan of Foe Tracer. Never really have been. But I think that uh, adding the, its original functionality to Knucklehead 
kind of gives you the best of both worlds there. Uh, the renewal graphs, of course, dancing down the street, have been for 24 hours now. Thrilled. Thrilled to see that change after I deleted a pair of renewal grasps the other day. Yes. Thrilled to see this. Absolutely thrilled. Not 24 hours before <laughs> I deleted a, renewal, a pair of renewal grasps out of my inventory. Uh, Titans, of course, y'all are getting more uh, functionality to Icefall Mantles, Doomfangs, Burning Steps, and Eternal Warrior. Just like last season, you're getting another uh, round of buffs. Uh, those sound interesting. Doomfangs are, of course, will continue to be good. Uh, Icefall Mantles sound great. Uh, and, of course, Burning Steps are... I wouldn't say used a lot. They were definitely used a lot more when uh, Stasis was more prevalent, I think. But um, I'm getting them confused with the, uh, the Warlock Boots. But... Uh, I feel like both of them were used a lot more. I still don't see anybody using Eternal Warrior, the goofy ass helmet. I know that how it uh, sucks. Curious to see if it gets used more here because I do think that the thirty seconds timer is going to be a little busted. Yeah. Uh, interested to see how feedback fences play. Interested on that one, um, and of course, you know, Warlocks. We we already hit that. You got a you get a veritable AC one thirty, Mister Freeze, and uh, you know, Freeze. fashion boots over here for uh, Geomags. You got you got the triple crown, so uh, I look forward to being terrorized by Jotuns all season now, thanks to Wings of Sacred. Does God. this mean I get to say the Jotun Toten? Do I get to bring it back? Oh my God, no! Because I'm going to be the one getting terrorized by it. <laughs> no, and I don't have it unlocked on my warlock, so no. Fine. Uh, seriously though, like re- really, really happy about a lot of the stuff here, especially the nerfs to Arc Titan. It was time. It's it's gone on long enough. Yeah. Some of the some of these have been issues since before Lightfall, and uh, really happy to see they're dealing with barricades. I I still think storm grenades are absolutely wild. So. Yeah. Well, you know, storm grenade man. Anyways. Uh, any more any more thoughts on the developer insight here? No, I mean. I think it's pretty straight as far as their blogs go. Like this is pretty straightforward. Yeah. No, I, I don't have anything else. I, I I prefer these to just giving us the patch notes and the sandbox notes like they used to. Yeah. I prefer them getting drawn out like this and explaining why things are happening. Yeah. Remember when they um, used to give us charts and like I do. I still do love my charts. I do still love a chart. I, I'm 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 a sucker for some charts. But charts are really hard to talk about and show on an audio show. It's true. So it's just not, it's not a doable thing. Yeah. <laughs> if we were, if we were consistently making like, you know, YouTube reacts and things like that, or like we were streaming on Twitch, then I would probably find a way to get charts more uh, or show them. But uh, yeah, no, you guys want that. You guys want that kind of stuff. Go, uh, go look at someone whose job it was to do this within like 20 minutes of it going live. Um. Oh, we have we have two more pieces of business to get through. God, I thought we were almost done. Nope. <laughs> Strap in, everybody. Strap in, everybody. We have two more things to get through. One of them's really small. Um, if you have a PS Plus Extra or Premium, you can claim the Witch Queen this month. Ooh, on there, which means for as long as it's in that library, similar to the how Game Pass worked a couple years ago with Beyond Light, Shadowkeep, and Forsaken, uh, you will be able to enjoy all the content from the base witch queen and so campaign the vow disciple um not the dungeons you'll still have to pay for the dungeons right but that campaign in that raid very good 
if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you've already played it, but for those of us who maybe play on PC or on Xbox more, this is a chance for us to have it on another console. They did, of course, give away Beyond Light recently. Yeah. Um, as a PS Plus, like, standard yeah. giveaway. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did claim it there, and uh, I'll probably end up getting this as well. I mean, obviously, I'll have this as well um, if I'm already logged in on PlayStation. Yeah. That's yeah, just, and especially with them experimenting with remote play more, with 4K remote play, I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, I would be interested in being able to play some Destiny on the go if that was the case. Um, but, <sighs> Corey, yes. we got one more major thing to talk about tonight. And this is something I'm very excited about. I did not expect to read this in this week's TWAB. I thought it was just going to be a nothing TWAB after the post this morning and the post yesterday. Let's talk about the exotic mission rotator, which I was already pretty stoked about. I'm really glad they gave us more details on this before the showcase. Yeah. There's no way you could have explained this during the showcase. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun, though. I'm excited for this. This is going to be great. I'm, I'm very excited for this. With season 22 right around the corner, we wanted to peel back the curtain on new details about the exotic mission rotator. The goals for this playlist are a home for seasonal exotic missions after the year has passed and a place where over time we can bring fan favorite exotic missions back from the past. A source of exotic seasonal mission weapons and their associated catalysts. And here's the one I was not expecting. A new and consistent source of legacy seasonal rewards. Ooh. Woo! Spicy. I'm very excited about that one. I do have some gripes about it, but I'm going to save that for after we get through all the explanations. To support these goals and so we can continue to add content to this rotator in the future, we need to create rules and modify how these activities and their rewards work. Exotic missions entering the playlist will become craftable. So for those of you keeping track at home, that means Dead Messenger is going to be craftable now. Oh. Dead Man's Tale is now craftable. Yeah. These are excite. These are exciting times, guys. Revision Zero already was, but um, it's you now. You know, we don't know if that's just going to extend to Catalyst or not. Uh, how these are going to be craftable, we won't be able to see for another couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Each mission will feature a normal and legendary difficulty. Each mission features a pool of legacy seasonal rewards, armor, and craftable weapons that have thematic overlap with their associated mission. Each mission features the same reward behavior. Mission dialogue and narrative move forward after each activity completion and reset after all dialogue sets have been played. So for those of you keeping track at home, that's referencing Presage, where we had three different dialogue sets. Hmm. And then Legacy Triumphs cannot be progressed. Below is the list of exotic missions and the associated rewards available starting in Season 22. These missions will rotate weekly and continue throughout the Lightfall year and beyond. We will be adding exotic missions that launch during Lightfall's seasons into rotation with the final shape, and you can expect more additions to follow. So for me, this confirms we probably should not expect Whisper of the Worm and Outbreak Perfected to come to this playlist anytime soon. Yeah. Um, I know they said they were looking to add them to the future in the future because we've all requested them after we found out about this. It does feel that like a reasonable wave two would be those with Hawkmoon. Yeah. Uh, but I have no idea. Um, if they do add those, that I think that would be a great addition going into the final shape. Uh, but that does confirm for me with final shape that uh, Operation Avalon and uh, the uh, Whetstone quest for uh, Wicked Implement are going to be the two that get added, which GG's GG's everyone. Uh, it remains to be seen. Like is the Wicked Implement quest going to be one that features the deep dive leading up to it or what? Uh, we, we don't know. I'm sure we'll get details on that going into it. 
Um, and then Avalon, you know, as we all know, like some of these missions can be done in like 15 minutes. Some of them are like 35 minutes. Right. So it's see how they do that. But let's talk about some of the rewards here, Corey. Yeah. Corsage, exotic weapon, dead man's tail, now craftable with a new trait pool. Boom, already excited. Gotta craft me a dead man's. Uh, armor and weapons will be from Season of the Haunted, including Nezerak's Whisper, Bump in the Night, Tears of Contrition, Hollow Denial, Fire Fright, Without Remorse, and then uh, five op- four opulent weapons, excuse me, including Austrian, Drang, Beloved, and the Callus Mini Tool, as well as the I- Eidolon Pursuant armor set, which was the armor set during uh, Season of the Haunted, I believe. And this will require ownership. Uh, to access these, you have to own the expansions they're tied to as well. Uh, so will require ownership of Beyond Light or Season of the Haunted. Yeah. So. Vox Obscura. Exotic Weapon Dead Messenger. Now craftable with an additional trait. Excited about this one too. Armor and Weapons from Season of the Risen including Explosive Personality, Recurrent Impact, Under Your Skin, Sweet Sorrow, Thoughtless, Peace of Mind, and the Tusked Allegiance arm set. Requires ownership of the Witch Queen or Season of the Risen. If you've been paying attention, you can access both of these things by having grabbed the free Beyond Light that was on PS Plus a couple months ago, and just by logging in and playing the Witch Queen on PS Plus. Yep. Same goes for the next one, Operation Seraph Shield, which will require you to own Witch Queen or uh, Season of the Seraph. Exotic Weapon, Revision Zero, still craftable. I love that that note is there. Seasonal Weapons include Fire and Forget, Tripwire Canary, Disparity, Path of Least Resistance, Judgment of Kelgarath, Retrofit Escapade, and all four Icolos weapons, as well as the Warmind's Avatar armor set. Uh, it is important to note that in here are several of our best weapons of last year. Several of the weapons that Johnny and I were urging you guys to get before we exited the seasons last year are in this reward pool, including Bump in the Night, including Drang, the Callus Mini Tool, Sweet Sorrow, Peace of Mind, Explosive Personality, Path of Least Resistance, and the retrofit escapade. Um, I would also add uh, Icolos SMG and uh, Disparity into that list as well. Personally, um, oh boy, let's go. Let's let's go with this. So first off, each exotic mission that enters the rotator will follow the same reward behavior: weapon crafting rewards. For your first completion of the mission on normal or legendary difficulty, you will get the exotic deep sight weapon associated with the mission. Extracting or dismantling the weapon will grant the pattern. Each completion of normal or legendary on the exotic mission will reward an intrinsic upgrade that can be used when crafting the exotic weapon. Each completion of the legendary version of the exotic mission will reward a catalyst upgrade for the crafted exotic weapon. Not super thrilled for what that means for legendary Vox Obscura. Hate that. Still one of my least favorite experiences in Destiny. Yeah. Um, Armor and weapon rewards. The normal and legendary versions of the mission have separate weekly reward lockouts. Weekly mission rewards. One guaranteed deep sight weapon that has not had its pattern unlocked and one armor piece that has not already been obtained based on your current class. If all patterns and armor have been obtained for the in-rotation mission, a random world drop will be awarded. On every weapon completion, you will receive an additional weapon from the mission's weapon pool. However, this weapon will have no knockout or guaranteed deep sight behavior. 
The weapon can roll with deep sight, but this would be on a random percentage chance. And then alongside mission rewards, there's also a weekly challenge. This weekly challenge is the same armor and weapon pool as the exotic mission in rotation. The challenge rewards will be output at pinnacle power and will prioritize the rewards in the following order. One guaranteed deep sight weapon that has not had its pattern unlocked. That's where most of us are going to fall for the vast majority of the time that these are up. Yeah. If, we- if all weapon patterns have been unlocked, the challenge will award one armor piece that has not been obtained. If all weapon patterns and armor have been obtained for the in-rotation mission, the challenge will output a random weapon or armor. Additionally, the exotic mission gives bonus progress for the Xenology quest from Xur. Four points for completing on normal and seven for on legendary. Pause. That's the end of the explanations. If you were starting from scratch on these weapons, say you have nothing in the weapon suite, you skipped that whole season... And let's say, unfortunately, it was Season of the Seraph. To craft 10 weapons completely will require you a bare minimum of 60 runs. Jesus. But those have to be 60 pinnacle runs. Yeah. Hmm. That is years. (laughs) That is years. And that that is before we add in any more missions. I do think this is probably going to get adjusted at some point, or they're going to make those deep side analyzers a lot easier to get. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm looking at this, even looking at the stuff I'm missing, which is mainly from Haunted at this point that I care about. Just running Persage a couple times in a season, so I'll get a chance to run it four times next season, and then four times leading up to the final shape in that last season, presumably. Yeah. Across eight runs... I'm only going to pick up eight patterns. I need like 12 patterns to finish everything. Yeah. I'm going to be doing this into the final shape. But I guess the hope is that you have to kind of camp Zer and the gunsmith out and wait for the weapons you need to show up and then use one of your little analyzers on it. Mm -hmm. And even those, you only get five or six a season. Yeah. You can't stock them up. Mm -hmm. It's massively frustrating. Yeah, this um, is uh, it's interesting. Yeah, this well, interesting. I think I think it's a bad design, but I'm not going to complain. I don't want to complain too much because I do think that giving us even the chance to get these is great. It's a reliable way that we know what's going to be in rotation week to week, similar to Dares of Eternity. But I can't help but feel that there is probably a better way to distribute red borders. I I'm going to need that red border chance to be like forty percent or greater for the non-pinnacle drop of the week. Yeah. I'm going to need that to be, like, drastically upscaled from the typical activity. Um, Because Haunted was really the last season where they didn't just give you shit tons of drops on those. Yeah. Um, In fact, I remember saying it was so bad, I got one red border the entire season from on uh, Without Remorse. And by that point, I mean, I'd grinded so much just to get that title done. I didn't want to go back and do anymore. Yeah. You had to do three tier three runs to be able to buy one pattern. Yeah. Which is absolutely wild. I, yeah, no. Regardless, I will be doing a lot of presage. I want to craft a really good dead man's. I'll be doing a lot of it. I think they're kind of banking on that. Like, oh, well, you're already going to be here for the exotics anyways. Yeah. Um, So suck it up but yeah yeah uh still like 
hey, at least they did this without us asking. This got me thinking, like, what would other weapon pools look like for upcoming seasons? Yeah. For the returns, I mean, the ones like Avalon and uh, Wicked Implement, those are obviously going to be their respective seasons. Yeah. Um, but it got me thinking, like, well, part of the reason that we probably aren't getting Zero Hour and Whisper back is, one, they got to update them to the new engine. They, they got to do the updated lighting from Beyond Light and things like that. Um, but if you were to bring those in, those don't really have weapons associated with them. I do find it interesting that we're doing Season of the Haunted weapons and not doing uh, Chosen weapons for Presage. Yeah. Found that a little interesting. Um, maybe it's just because these are already craftable in the API and it's just a lot easier to implement. Which I would, would be guess that would be the, uh, the answer to that. Yeah, because I mean, this is three of the four suites from last year. Um... My guess would be if you were to bring Hawkmoon in, they would do Season of the Hunt, obviously. Uh, but there's not much from Hunt, so maybe they would do a combination of like Hunt and Chosen. Yeah. Um, or Hunt and uh, Plunder, even, because that's all Fallen themed as well. Yeah. Um, if you were to do... I don't know how you would do Whisper. I, I have no idea what you do with Whisper. Um, that came out during Warmind. Maybe you do some Warmind weapons, but we already have all the Icola stuff is already back in, so who knows? Yeah. Um, Outbreak is the one that I got most interested about, because first off, the idea of a craftable Outbreak is just, who sending tingles through me. <laughs> that makes me very excited to think about. But also... Josh is tingly, everybody. Josh is tingly, yeah. My, my Outbreak sense is tingling. Oh, God. Uh, get that checked it's out. It's kind of the conclusion of the Black Armory storyline. Um, given that you face off against uh, Sivgits, you face off against Spider's brother with Mithrax. Mm -hmm. I would think that they would probably introduce the Black Armory suite there. Yeah. So maybe they're going to wait and maybe there's a season coming up where we get Black Armory weapons back and then that's how the craftables are obtained in the future. Yeah. Um, but just kind of like food for thought, I guess, that I'm just thinking. I'm thinking out loud here. Yeah. Um. If you're if you're gonna go down that path of oh well you know previous exotic missions you know so uh, any thoughts on on this on this rotator list Corey on the rewards I think this is more straightforward than dares is thankfully <laughs> yeah um, maybe it won't be as torturous sure. Maybe. Well, and I get I guess them saying that you get separate rewards for both legendary and normal means you can probably you can get double drops yeah. i just don't see myself doing like my question would be i guess if we do do it on legendary do i get the credit for normal as well when i do that right yeah and if not it's like well do i really want to run like legendary box every time it's up to get those weapons like thankfully i won't have to but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's uh i think i think the rotator list i i like this idea Right. I mean, it just gives you mm -hmm. something else to look forward to every week besides a dungeon or a uh, a raid or something. Right. It gives you an extra thing to kind of look forward to if you uh, want to do something with your friends. But uh, I do hope they add some more. And I do. I wonder how they're going to adjust the rewards moving forward, because, you know, they always do this stuff where like, hey, we're going to yeah. do this. And then, you know, next season we'll get a big thing that says, hey, we're adjusting the rewards and how you grind for them for these you know yeah i feel like they're gonna have to like give out like bonus progress or something especially as they add more missions into this rotator or just like make them doable at any time yeah 
take away like the pinnacle reward of it all and just make these missions available to launch whenever. Yeah. You know, which I, I do think you're going to get to a point where like, okay, maybe you can have a rotator, but like, oh, these, these ones are going to be in the rotator for this season. We're going to pull the others out of it. They've been in the rotator long enough. We're going to pull them out. Like all previous year ones, like the three most recent ones are going to go into the rotator, but things like revision zero and whisper and presage are playable whenever. Right. I don't know. I smarter people than me are in charge of this. Yeah. I mean, we're we're sitting here on a Thursday night recording this and not designing the game. So, you know. yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about what kind of ice cream I'm going to have tonight. So mm, ice cream. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, Pop-Tarts ice cream in the freezer. What? Brown sugar cinnamon. It's what? delicious. Um, just, delicious. Josh, stop. Jenny's ice cream. It's great. It's great. Hmm. Corey, we have a couple questions tonight before we get on out of here. We do not. I apologize. Lore Corner is going to make its return next season. I have been very distracted uh, this year so far. I've uh, been really wildly inconsistent with uh, with Lore Corner. Uh, also, a lot of them are just like telling really long stories, and that's kind of hard for me to figure out how to like how I want to break it down and condense it. Things get locked in APIs, etc. But right. I promise, once we get to the new season, we're going to start doing Lore Corner more regularly again just really don't have anything left to like do this season like that we can just be like oh yeah we can we can do this in two weeks uh we don't really have anything unfortunately um our questions our first one tonight comes we've already answered a couple of them but uh our first question comes to us from Knox. we have a lot of weird weapons in destiny what would be the weirdest weapon to explain to someone that knows nothing of destiny be the weirdest weapon to explain to somebody Yes. Oh God. Um, I, I'm going with I'm going with parasite. I dude, I was just about to say parasite. <laughs> it's got to be parasite or xenophage. I think both of them have bugs in them. Yeah. But literally saying that, like parasite or even like whisper of the worm, like both of those guns, techni- touch of malice, like those all technically talk to you. Yeah. But canonically, the the fucking worm actually does have conversations with you, like little quest line where you have to put a, we need to put a worm into a gun. Yeah, and you can see like you shoot worms out, explosive worms out of it. <laughs> I do think that that's the point where like explosive. okay, I've tried explaining it to people who do play Destiny, and they're like, dude, you're, there's no way. I'm like, yeah, there is actually. It's pretty great. Do the term explosive worms? <laughs> I just I I think of it being like worms from like the game worms yeah and i'm shooting them out with like and they're wearing like fucking world war ii era helmets on their heads smoking cigars oh jeez. i imagine that's how it is when i launch them at atrax jeez oh man um man i mean parasite parasite's the good one man um, parasite i feel like parasite's gotta be the one yeah i mean that's that's got it i mean that's gotta be the one right i mean xenophage is pretty good too you're using a bug to power the gun yeah which still has its light yeah i mean a lot of these are like pretty uh on point i mean in terms of just like yeah, trying to explain when we keep, every time that we kill a raid boss we shove it into a gun yeah yeah. Every time it's a hive, every time it's a hive god, we just shove it into a gun. Yeah. It's like the, the people have been asking, they're like, well, how are we going to keep Savathun in line? And the Guardians just going to be sitting there tapping a gun. Yeah. If you act up, your ass goes in the gun. Jeez. <laughs> god. <laughs> 
Jiggly Panda asks us, I don't know if this has been asked before, but what are three things both of you guys are grateful for in your life? <coughs> Great. Like, life life or like... In life life. Oh, God. I don't know. Nothing. Uh... Jesus Christ. <laughs> clip that and show it to your kids. Oh, uh, they'll watch it someday. Maybe long after I'm gone from this world. Uh, that's what YouTube's for is to remember your loved ones now. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, my family for one, right? I mean, that seems to yeah. go without saying. Uh, being able to hang out and talk about destiny and the games that we love with my friends right on these mm-hmm. dumb podcasts and uh uh i mean right now i'm grateful to have a, a good job that i actually enjoy for once uh which uh wish we could find a house but you know maybe someday that'll be something i'm grateful for is finding a house yeah um yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go roof over my head um, yeah that's probably a good one huh I, i'm lucky to be in a uh, in a decent apartment uh that we can afford a nice apartment um thankful for my girlfriend obviously she uh she keeps me grounded and uh supports me in just about every aspect uh had to be there an awful lot for me her and my friends have had to be there a lot in the last year um i don't know my car runs. I don't have a house. I don't have a house. I don't have a good job. Like I don't have much to be thankful for in that in that area. Um, I got food in my fridge. I guess I went grocery shopping today. Oh, that's good. That's pretty great. I'm thankful for uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Oh, jeez. Uh, not even kidding. I'm thankful for Red Bull. It keeps me awake. True. It does give me wings. Mm. It gives me wings. Uh, no, on, on, a, on a serious note, though, you know, I I'm thankful for um a lot of the random acts of kindness that have come my way uh over the last year that i'm not going to get into on the air but uh those of you who are who are listening that i'm referencing know who you are um i just you know i've told you privately at least a dozen times thank you but uh literally without some of you the show would not be happening anymore so uh I, I greatly appreciate it uh, from the bottom of my heart. And I will find a way to repay that kindness someday, um, whether to you or uh, paying it forward. So, um, And then Jiggly Panda also asks us, if you could have any athlete crossover with Destiny, who would you want to see? Corey, do you want to see uh, the Cleveland Browns in Destiny? Oh, God. Uh, no. I. Um, any... You said you don't he, want Deshaun Watson in the tower. Um, I who's he? Who? How many? How many guardians will feel sexually harassed? Jesus Christ! Allegedly, I feel like if it's any Cleveland athlete, it has to be LeBron. Yeah, um, I feel like that's like the easiest well, answer across the board is LeBron James. I mean, right? I mean, if it was right now, I would say like Nick Chubb. Um. The Browns. You, you would back. want Nick Chubb over LeBron? Oh, LeBron's not a Cleveland athlete anymore. Okay, well, I'm saying uh, it, if just, it was like it doesn't say it has to be a Cleveland athlete. I was just being nice. You, you were, you were okay. Uh, I mean, I, I guess if you could have any athlete crossover with Destiny. Who would you want to see? Oh, God. Dude, LeBron's already 
LeBron's already got PlayStation. He's already got Fortnite. Like it's LeBron. Um, I mean, I guess, but I mean, I mean, listen, I love, I love, fine. I'll, I won't say LeBron. I'll say Luca. Well, yeah, I thought you were going to go Luca anyway. It's got to be Luca. It's got. I listen. The game takes place in old Russia on Earth. The tower is kind of implied to be like maybe, possibly somewhere in Europe. Yeah. Like, let's fucking go, man. Let's let's go. Maybe the towers in Slovenia. I wanna. I wanna say. Like I, I, I appreciate everything that LeBron did for this town. Right. I mean, he brought the championship. He made the Cavs relevant again. Uh, he made Cleveland kind of relevant again in general. Uh, but you know, he's not here anymore. You know, he's, he's a Laker now yet. He may be back for a third stint, Corey. Well, it depends on where his son goes. Uh, you know, Dan Gilbert is waiting to sign his son. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, well, we'll even post heart complications. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Kobe Altman, though, I mean, he's running the team now, so uh, yeah, man, I think uh, if it's a Cleveland athlete, though, for real, I mean, Nick Chubb, man, he's the man, Jose Ramirez, the Guardians, I mean, the name he's, I he mean, wears the yeah. jersey, so. That's pretty great. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I gotta go. I gotta probably go Luca. Yeah. Um, he's, didn't he just hurt himself again? <laughs> uh, no, he banged knees with somebody. Okay. Uh, so they pulled him out, um, as a precaution, but he already had like 34 points, 13 assists and 14 rebounds in like the first half. Yeah. I just, so they uh, just went ahead and pulled him. I just saw like the, whatever the 60 second Twitter video that you retweeted and said, I'll donate my knees or something. Yeah. Luke, Luca can have my knees. Uh, he can have my knees. He can have, well, he can't have my arms. I'm sorry, Luca. I need my arms to play video games. Haven't you had um, serious leg surgery? Are you sure he wants your, no, knees? I've, had, I've had serious ankle surgery. Oh, okay. okay. It's okay. He can't, he can't have any, anything below like the shin. He can't have, <laughs> but he can have my knees. Like I, I'm not even kidding. I'm seriously like I have, I have shin splints right now. I, uh, I pretty severely hurt myself, uh, about a week and a half ago and it just started like settling in over the last week. Like, oh shit, I have shin splints, um, which is incredibly painful by the way, if you've never had shin splints, um, it like, it's mostly gone away, but for a while there, I was feeling at any time I was like laying down anytime I was walking, like any sort of pressure on my leg. If I, I had either put pressure on it or I was like sitting still for too long. Oh my god! Never, kids never, never have problems with your legs. It's just it never stops. It never stops. It used to be relegated just to my ankles. Yeah. No, Lu- Luca cannot have my ankles. My ankles are uh, unfit for a normal, unhealthy thirty-year-old. Uh, let alone uh, a twenty-three-year-old uh, freak of nature who should be a lot healthier than me. Um, no, he, he cannot. He cannot have my feet. I mean, if he needs parts of my feet, maybe they'll work. I've always want. I've always wanted to run with like those blades, like that guy in the Olympics before he like murdered his wife. Oh God! <laughs> like I could go for that. I I could go for like a Terminator leg. I could do that. Just like take take my knee, and when you take my knees, that means I get new feet. So, yeah, that's fair. Well, let, let's do it. I mean, let's, listen, I've seen enough Will Smith movies to know that it's possible. I robot man. 
That's right. That's right. I, I've I've seen it. I've seen it enough times. Yeah. Yep. Shia like, LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Yep. Uh, stop cussing and go home. It's <laughs> my favorite line from that movie. Oh man. Just like God, the the way that he talks about women in that movie, it's like, oh God, Shia LaBeouf. Like, what is this? You were still on the Disney Channel at this point. What are you doing? Did he just get done filming Holes? Yeah, like th- this is why even Stevens got canceled because you're 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 like you're like, oh damn, she's so fucking fine. Like, oh God, oh God, you gotta you gotta hook me up, you gotta hook me up, and he's stop cussing and go home. Like, and somehow oh. he's the leader of the resistance in Chicago. It makes no sense. Like. It, it, just the, the logistics of that movie make no sense, and it makes me upset. I love Isaac Asimov. He's rolling in his grave at this movie. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, and that that's actually it for questions, because we answered all of our other questions during our Zavala segment. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, look, it I is, mean, we had, we had to... You, we couldn't just, like, go back to that topic. We had to install no. there. I, I, was, I was not going back to that. <laughs> I was like, nope, we're tying these in now. Yeah. Um, and as a reminder, we are going to ta- we will eventually tackle the build your own exotic question. Yes, uh, but it will be sometime in September. Yes, um, we we need to get through this reveal. Yeah, <laughs> I I really need to get through the beginning of September right now. In all honesty, between this show and our our uh, other show, I really need to get through like the launch of Baldur's Gate, which is happening now. Yeah, and then I need to get through the wamp the triple crown of a destiny season launch armored core and starfield all happening in a six day span yeah i need to get through some of that stuff before i can like sit down and start thinking about anything semi-creative yeah uh, yeah i mean there's some there's some pretty big things happening so uh yeah you know man i need i need some sort of handheld device i can play xbox slash non-switch games <laughs> So, I don't know, man. By the way, um, some really nice comments on YouTube and stuff recently. I don't ever look at the YouTube comments, but we started, obviously, Josh and I started the Xbox show, and uh, we have renamed it Xbox Casuals, and we moved it over to the, the our YouTube channel. Uh, so, I just, while I was uploading, I was checking some of the comments, and I just want to shout out. Appreciate all the nice comments on the videos. Yeah. What else, Josh? Why don't you say we get on out of here? Yeah, it's it's time. It's only 10 o'clock, too. We made good time tonight, Josh. Only 10 o'clock. Only 10 o'clock. I might be in bed before 11, Josh. I will be in bed before 11. It's 910 here. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and listening to this episode of Tower Casuals. Remember, new episodes every Friday. Follow us on social media at Tower Casuals. Josh, I appreciate your time tonight. As always, where can we find you? Uh, Josh underscore Finn on Twitter. Two ends. I'm still there. Still there. I'm still there. I, I'm riding it out to the bitter end, Corey. Mm, yeah. I don't tweet nearly as much anymore. That is one thing. It has really curtailed my social media addiction. Yeah. Um, now I just doom scroll my feed. Yeah. Um. But no, I, I've largely curtailed my social media usage. That's the one place I still am. I'm not using spaces. I don't use my Instagram. Uh, but I am still there. I'm Honestly, I'm in Discord yeah. more than anything these days. That's where I'm hanging out. Yeah, I've kind of, especially like DMs and stuff, I definitely turned my notifications off for DMs uh, because 
my only yeah. I want really only want if you are important to me, you have my phone number, you can text me or you are important enough to be in some sort of discord that we're in and you can DM me there. Uh, but you can find me at I am Corey and HD on most social media platforms. Uh, catch uh, Xbox casuals every other Tuesday. Uh, leave a review, a nice rating. Uh, thank you everybody who has been listening. Uh, I know not everybody is Xbox fans, but if you listen, uh, we appreciate you. It really uh, is blowing us away in terms of the listenership we have already. So thank you, everybody. Um, join the Discord. And uh, until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm.